This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. The place just never gets old for me. The weather and critters are different every time, sometimes cloudy and moody, other times absolutely dazzling blue skies. Newly born penguin chicks and seal pups on one trip, fledgling youngsters or molting grown-ups on another. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at kathysullivanexplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to kathysullivanexplores.com. Happy New Year. I hope you had a pleasant winter holiday. I'm just back from mine, and it was grand. I spent it in one of my very favorite places with a bunch of fascinating companions. Maybe you can guess where I was. That's a colony of Gen 2 penguins at Dorian Bay in Antarctica. You can see Dorian Bay in Google Earth. The scene is covered with snow, but you'll still be able to spot the two small rescue huts we hiked to, one Argentine and the other larger one British. And if you look to the left of the huts, you'll notice a bunch of small reddish-brown splotches on the snow. Those are the penguin colonies, each on our rocky little knoll. We had full penguin surround sound as we hiked among them. I don't actually usually walk very far when I'm around penguins. I love to just sit in their midst and watch the bustle and busyness of their lives. There's always an endless stream of birds trundling past, either heading for the sea for fish or back to the nest to feed their chicks. It's like sitting in a busy metropolitan train station, watching commuters and passengers hustle by. And it's amazing how high up steep rocky slopes some of these little guys nest. These are the latecomers to a rookery who find all the convenient spots near the shoreline taken and have no choice but to hike up further inland to find a place. These birds had eggs in the nest at Dorian Bay, so one parent was always on guard. If another penguin got too close, they'd yell and sometimes bat him with their stiff little wings. They have a wonderful ritual called sky pointing, where a penguin stands with wings reached out wide and beak pointed straight up to the sky and seems to sing, 
in their own quirky kind of off-tune way. You'll often see this among courting pairs or mates. Our hike across to the huts was pretty tough. Two feet of fresh snow had fallen recently. Our expedition team, the nature and wildlife experts who ferry us around in zodiacs and teach us all about the critters, the geology, and the ocean, they had slogged through the fresh snow to break trail and tamp down a path for us. Still, our feet would often break through the bit of firm path they had created, sinking us to our knees or deeper in the snow. That's called post-holing, for obvious reasons, and it will wear you out pretty darn quick, let me tell you. I was on an expedition aboard the Lindblad National Geographic Ship Explorer. Antarctica is a once-in-a-lifetime destination for many folks, but this was my sixth time exploring there. The place just never gets old for me. The weather and critters are different every time, sometimes cloudy and moody, other times absolutely dazzling blue skies. Newly born penguin chicks and seal pups on one trip, fledgling youngsters or molting grown-ups on another. We had glorious weather on this trip, with clear to partly cloudy skies, little wind, and often mirror-smooth seas. The temperatures hovered in the low to mid-30s Fahrenheit, or a few degrees Celsius, and sunny days on deck were pleasant in just a light turtleneck or maybe a vest. Two experiences from the trip really stand out to me, one with penguins and one with whales. On a hike one day, I lagged back from our small crowd and sat on the snow to just take in the scenery around me. It was a sparkling clear day, and the hilltop gave me a grand view of a beautiful bay and high peaks off in the distance. I noticed the silence after a little while. It was immense. I closed my eyes to just take it all in. I could almost hear my heart beat. Then I heard a wee little rhythmic sound moving nearby. What on earth was that? When I opened my eyes, I saw a little chin-strap penguin pat-patting his way past me. I had never been still and quiet enough to hear penguin footsteps before. It was magical. I felt blessed to have had such an intimate moment with these amazing and hilarious little guys. A few days later, we were cruising along the Gerlach Strait in the late evening. You can find that on Google Maps, too. G-E-R-L-A-C-H-E. Word came down from the bridge that we had humpback whales around the ship. The dining room and lounge emptied in a flash as everybody rushed out on deck to see them. Groups of five to six whales were working together to corral and catch food, a behavior known as lunge feeding. Some were so close to the ship we could hear them breathing and watch them cruise underwater as they moved into their next lunge. We were in a wide section of the strait, with beautiful golden light of an Antarctic sunset on our bow. Everywhere I looked, I saw the dimple pattern of another group of humpbacks lunging and feeding. At one point, I easily counted 12 different groups within my naked eye view. I reckon there were at least 100 whales enjoying the feast, and they kept at it for hours. One of the great things about sailing with Lindblad Nat Geo is how flexible the ship's crew are and how they prioritize wildlife and the guest experience. We were heading somewhere that evening, but the captain didn't hesitate to stop the ship for hours to allow us to marvel at this extraordinary sight. Maybe you've thought about going to Antarctica, 
but have heard horror stories about crossing the Drake Passage, that famed body of water between the tip of South America and the northern tip of Antarctica. Only two of my 12 crossings have been what I'd call very rough, meaning seas over 15 feet. Our southward crossing on this trip was the flattest I've ever seen. That doesn't mean mirror smooth, but the seas were running around six feet, and they were on our stern. The explorer rides very well. She's got stabilizers and everything to help. And the ride is calmer with seas on your stern. It was a bit rougher on the last half day of our return, but everybody had their sea legs by then and knew what medication would help keep them feeling well. If the Drake is the price of admission, I can assure you everyone on our expedition felt the experience was well worth the cost. If Antarctica's on your bucket list, here are some things worth considering as you decide who to go with. One is the size of ship. The rules governing tourism in the Antarctic limit how many people can go ashore at one time and bar larger ships from going to some places altogether. A smaller ship like Explorer is able to explore interesting nooks and crannies, and you won't need to wait around in your cabin until it's your turn to go ashore. Another important factor is the condition of the ship and the expertise of her crew. Antarctica is no place to have any kind of breakdown or a novice captain. You want a company with a very high standard for maintenance and crew training. And as I said earlier, check whether they're really schedule-driven, we must be there by so-and-so a time, or more experience-driven, as in we break for whales. Finally, consider the learning opportunity your voyage represents. The experts that make up Nat Geo's expedition teams are truly superb. Our expedition leader, Jonathan, had overwintered twice at Antarctic research stations and guided dozens of tourist expeditions. Amy was an expert cold-water diver who brought the undersea wonders vividly to life for us. Lee specialized in birds, Steve in the history of exploration. Jeff and Nat Geo photographer Gianluca offered tips and lessons to help us all take better photos, and shared the great shots they had taken so we could add them to our expedition photo albums. They are all polymaths, skilled outdoors people, expert Zodiac captains, and delightfully approachable people with great life stories. I hope you get to visit Antarctica someday. Don't wait too long, though. The environment is changing rapidly down there. When you go, I know you'll be dazzled by the landscape and captivated by the wildlife. And I'm sure you'll come home with a rich new perspective on this marvelous planet called Earth and your place in it. Happy sailing. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com. This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute. New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.